0: Hi, welcome to ShrinkWrapped. I'm Allison Colarossi here with Dr. David Colarossi, and we are back for a new season of ShrinkWrapped.
1: Allison, I've missed you. How are you? It's been a, it's been a while since you've been behind the mic.
0: Yeah, and I'm ready to do it again. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking. So we had a New Year's Eve party, and I thought it was really funny when the topic of bristling came up. So I thought it would be a good starter for our new season of Shrink Wrap to talk about bristling.
1: I don't know what do you mean by what is bristling. I've never experienced anybody bristling, but what are you talking about? Of course
0: about? not, because I'm perfect.
1: What do you mean by bristling?
0: Bristling when someone uh, makes advances uh, when a partner makes advances toward t- toward you sexually, but the <laughs> other long term partner bristles because. They don't want it.
1: Are you suggesting that there's been moments when you've bristled? Never. Never, but just like hypothetically, if there was bristling, this does happen in some relationships, just not ours?
0: Yeah, I mean, it seemed like at our New Year's Eve party, that was a hot topic.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, so a lot of people... Okay, <laughs> and there's there's some kind of... There's been some research in this bristling area. Yes?
0: I would say so. Well, it seemed
1: like you and like all four other wives felt like... This was well-studied.
0: Just that uh, I feel like anecdotally between all of us, I mean, not me, but like... Not all you, the all <laughs> the other
1: ones. Yeah, yeah I got it. <laughs>
0: all the other women, they mm-hmm. bristle.
1: Mm-hmm. What are they bristling about? What's the issue?
0: Well, I did read an article okay. <laughs> about it that was in the New York Post. Um, and it it's, it's called Watch Out for This Common Intimacy Killer. Mm-hmm. For couples in long-term relationships the bristle reaction can make physical connection difficult experts say and this article is written by Jancy Dunn in September
1: okay what does it say why are people bristling
0: because it's like the only time that you, like in long-term relationships that there's physical touch without like like hypothetically you only physically <laughs> touch me uh huh if you're trying to initiate sex but you don't like hold my hand and like the reason the bristle reaction is because it that's the only time and so dr gottman says do you know who dr gottman is i've
1: heard of him yes (laughs) do tell
0: well he says that like couples should you know hold hands and do a second kiss a second intimate kiss So that um, to, you know, try to stave off that bristle reaction.
1: Do a second intimate kiss?
0: So it's just like a kiss, like that doesn't have to lead anywhere. Or like hold handing in line at the grocery store, like new couples do. Not just when you're initiating sex.
1: Now when you and the other wives at, at New Year's Eve were discussing this, I know that you couldn't really relate to it, but the other wives that were talking about it, Were they saying that? Were they under the impression that they were engaging in intimate contact without sex?
0: No, but we were all just—we, not me—we were all just talking about how, like, we get the bristle reaction because we have so much going on in our brain, and you know, you're able to shut it off, but we cannot.
1: Okay, but I think we just let's just we just go step by step here. So you guys all say. The whole group of you is saying, like, well, the husbands need to do more in the way of this, like, uh, non-intimate contact that's not leading anywhere. But you guys also don't engage in that.
0: If I were to engage in it, David, I would be, like, thrown down immediately on the floor. Okay, that sounded really aggressive. (laughs) That's why I don't do it. (laughs)
1: Okay, well, I guess, how do you know that? Maybe, maybe you're expecting too much out of the men that they have to initiate all sexual contact, all intimate contact in general, sexual or otherwise.
0: No, I don't think that's the case.
1: Uh, why, why, why not?
0: Well, like, I plan dates. But you don't plan them. Remember, in 2023, that was your goal, but you didn't plan one?
1: I did plan one.
0: At the end, after you realized you didn't plan one in all of 2023.
1: I still planned one. And we went, first of all, we went.
0: On. You were supposed to do like more, like if we were to revisit our 23 list, which we should also have a 24 list, you did not meet that goal. I would say you got an F.
1: <laughs> on, yeah. on across all New Year's resolutions? Yeah. You, and how do you think you did on your New Year's resolutions?
0: Pretty good. Probably a C.
1: What we'll the revisit? We'll have to revisit our <laughs> respective lists. Okay, so for, so okay, so back to the intimacy thing. So, well, let me just say this: so the goal of this podcast is for us to bring up issues like this, talk about them, and then share the research tied to them, and then talk about how that does or does not like operate within our relationship. Yeah, because the big fear is. My personal fear is that every psychologist it seems like that's on uh, YouTube or on a podcast bloviates about their expertise. Uh, and I think that there's very little actual behaviors that line up with that. And I don't want to be one of those gurus that talks about how we you know, we make it on the reg and we do dates on the driveway and all that kind of crap because that inevitably uh, ends in failure. So the hope is that we have a like a, a real conversation about what a relationship looks like. Uh, and then we'll give the tips as far as what the research says, but acknowledging that we maybe don't do those things.
0: You don't do them.
1: <laughs> I, I, okay. Well, we'll see. Well, and then what we'll do is we'll just do a judge. We'll just do a little bit of a score chart at the end who does, does what. Okay. Okay. So, like, if, you, if, you, if one of us engages in the behavior in alignment with the research, then we get an A. And if the other one doesn't, like hypothetically, if the other one just talks to her friends and says that she bristles, then maybe you don't get an A for, in in the intimacy category. Hypothetically. All
0: right. So what, I know that you also have some burning research. Oh, I
1: did a little bit of research and I just, and it will tell you, Allison, it did not take long because my, 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 response to Allison screaming at when Allison <laughs> says she's bristling what I say is but it's because I love you and I'm attracted to you and I, I would hope that she would that would feel good to her that I would be pursuing her 15 years after our we've been married for 15 years together since we were nineteen so like for 22 years we've been, we've been together and i and and I still pursue you that's a sweet you should think that's a sweet Right? That's sweet. So sweet. She's bristling right now if you can't see her. (laughs) But the research is in. 2015, this is in the... uh, I just had it up here and I already lost it. Don't go anywhere. Hold on. This is in the Journal of Social and Personality... Or sorry, this is in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships, 2015. Levitt and Willoughby studied the association between attempts at physical intimacy and relational outcomes for cohabiting in married couples. So essentially, they're looking at, like we know, the data is very convincing that couples that have more sex, more intimacy, are usually healthier. As long as that intimacy isn't a consequence of, you know, assault. If, it's not, if you're not being coerced into it, uh, those couples are healthier. But these authors were wondering, well, yeah, but how about the simple behavior? Take the sex out of it. Does the behavior of pursuing your spouse does that add value in the relationship? Are are couples that have that dynamic healthier? And the answer is a resounding yes, Allison. Because for two reasons, the answer is yes for two reasons. One is it does indicate that the pursuing partner is is, is, is attracted to the other person, that the pursuing partner values the relationship, values the connection. Maybe you're bristling because you're like, I've been busy and I don't want anything to do with you right now. I just want to decompress. But the implied message is, hey, there's somebody else in this house that wants to be with you. That's one reason why. And the other reasons that the authors suggest is that when you are, uh, the fact that you're being pursued by your partner indicates that your partner is probably not out philandering around, you know, getting it from somewhere else. So, my, I think globally, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm 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 doing God's work,
0: ah! as your friend would say. But what about what your when you sent that article to your fellow psychologist? Mm-hmm. What did he write back to you?
1: He suggested I don't know. I'm not sure if he can be <laughs> trusted. He said that I was doing me search,
0: me search meaning you're like just finding research to validate your own opinion. Yes well you did that
1: <laughs> and I found it so the question for you is is there do you have a rebuttal
0: um, I know I think it makes sense I think I think your timing is off like I feel like timing is important and y- your way of um, pursuit is like while well, I'm, I'm trying to get things done around the house
1: okay first of all I I would... I would say that maybe I pursue frequently enough that it's sometimes when you're not doing anything around the house, but it's just that you're watching whatever The Crown on TV. And you also <laughs> seem to bristle then.
0: Because I'm watching The Crown.
1: <laughs> well, is there going to be... If you want, you could just allocate some empty space time where you're not doing anything or watching The Crown.
0: Okay, you're right. So I think... Um. I think, yes, you, you get an A plus in pursuit.
1: Okay. Can I, if I were on your team, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of rebuttals that you could make. Okay. So the one is what's the line between, uh, pursuit and me in the, and your partner showing you that, you know, showing you affection versus coercion.
0: Okay. What is that? Right.
1: Because if it's coercion, it's, It's clearly, the research would show, these authors showed, it's clearly damaging to the relationship if someone's being coerced into having sex.
0: So what's the line? Because...
1: You feel like you've been coerced? Sometimes. (laughs) Well, I don't think that you have been. But coercion would mean, essentially, there's some kind of risk to saying no. So... You know, like physical, if physical risk would be one, like if I'm going to hurt you if you don't do it, right, that's assault. Mm-hmm. Or if I said to you, um, if you don't sleep with me, then I assume you don't love me. Mm-hmm. Or you're not a good wife, or you're not a good parent, or you don't, right, if I'm, if I'm holding, if I make your behavior the marker for whatever evaluation I have, and then there's like a, a, a you receive some kind of criticism or a downgrading if you don't engage sexually, that would be coercion. So that's not so that's not and I think it's an important line that people don't ever talk about right because it's it's the 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 driver oftentimes for romantic relationships is somebody trying to seduce the other person. But I don't think that we talk enough about when does seduction go over the line where now it becomes coercion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean this article um, that I read said that you know, like a lot of times, the people that are bristling feel guilty because they're bristling. They don't want to be bristling, but you know, timing is everything. Hmm. So, is that like, is that coercion?
1: No, it's coerced. It's well, it's the 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 no no. Sorry, I should say yes. If you feel if if I make you feel guilty because you don't engage then yes, I'm coercing you. But now, I should also tell you the next question that you should ask related to this article is what are we talking about here? Are we talking about actually having sex or are we talking about the pursuit of it? Just because, What this is telling you, this article is telling you that the pursuit of it is important, right? That, those, that the behavior says something to you about how I feel about you and how I feel about the relationship and that's a value add, you get the benefit to the relationship whether or not the couple engages in sex. So you saying no, it's not a good time, is totally appropriate, and that does not negate the benefit of the husband pursuing
0: or wife so, pursuing
1: or wife pursuing. But this research would suggest that the lion's share of the time it's coming from the husband mm-hmm. in a male-female relationship. So, so what I guess I'm saying to you is you shouldn't feel guilty for not engaging what you should feel if you were going to feel guilty it would be about chastising your husband at like a, like hypothetically if you're at a new year's party and all of the wives were getting together at the dinner table complaining about how they're, all their husbands pursue them too much well you should all be like we're, you know we what we're, we're okay, all but you, really you lucky make it
0: sound like we weren't fun it was a really fun party and we were laughing about it
1: okay well, I'm just saying you're and to, to all of those women, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. So what's the best what's the what's the do you have a tip, do you have a tip of the day for the audience? Yeah, I know you like tips.
0: I feel like we should take into account both articles we read. There should be non-touching pers- I mean, touching without pursuit every day.
1: What's the point of the touching?
0: See, that's why I, <laughs> I know, bristle.
1: I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, so Gottman says.
0: And so, what do you do? You think you you touch without pursuit?
1: What I didn't hear in the mic.
0: Do you think you touch without pursuit?
1: I think I'd like to leave the door open to pursuit. <laughs> but yes.
0: N- no. D.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you think you don't uh, judge and then talk with your friends at New Year's parties about too much pursuit?
0: No, I, w- yeah, I think we all, we all did that. Yeah, yeah, D. I just want to make sure that you can see the I D. I came clean.
1: You came clean. <laughs> so so who, you, didn't, you didn't explain who John Gottman is?
0: I think you should explain it because you're in the same field.
1: So John Gottman is, I don't know if he's still practicing. How, or how, when was your article written?
0: In September, but I don't know when he, when, when. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: He's a, he's a exceptionally talented psychologist, uh, that studies relationships, and I believe he's in his 90s now, uh, out of the University of Washington, I'm probably getting some of this data a little bit wrong, but I think out of the University of Washington, and he's well known because he's the only psychologist that has studied relationships, um, in a lab, like usually, like the the study I'm citing here, what they did was they just asked couples via survey, how many times do people pursue you and how and how do you feel about the relationship, right? So it's just survey design. They're not actually watching these couples engage. And you can imagine, you know at the flaw, if Allison was going to criticize this argument or my article, she could say, well, who's making the judgment about what the pursuit looks like? How are they identifying coercion or like all those kinds of things. And so to study the relationship in a lab is really difficult. Well, Gottman created a, called it the Love Lab, where it was essentially an apartment with cameras in it, and he would have couples come in and live in that apartment, uh, you know, for a weekend. And he could watch them interact and evaluate their behaviors and interaction styles and that kind of stuff, and then predict with pretty good accuracy. I forget what the numbers were, but pretty good accuracy whether or not a couple would stay together. So I would say in this world, from a psychological standpoint, he is the global expert on what makes you know what makes relationships healthy yeah so he's quoted a lot
0: and yeah. I, feel, I feel like he's there are a lot of his books out there do you know any of his books off the top of your head Gottman's
1: when I used to be doing marriage and family therapy there's a book I recommended for him called the, Sem- the seven principles of a happy marriage I think uh I should look it up I don't know I, I'll I'll try and find it here while we're talking yeah, seven seven C's of marriage, or seven. Pr- I got. I'm look. I'm sorry. I'm looking it up here. Oh, seven principles for making a marriage work. It's a fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's the best marriage book that uh, I ever read. So yeah, he's a guru. So he says more, more physical touch without the expectation that it goes somewhere. Yes. Okay. Now, does that mean, like, was there? Sp- was there any specificity around where we would be touching,
0: like holding hands?
1: How about touching butts? Dave, <laughs> <Hey>. well, <that laughs> is it right? That's yeah. I feel like that falls into the Gottman category, and I I do more of that also. So A for David.
0: But what? It, but I have heard from sex therapists that you should also touch non erogenous zones. Just touch people. Can it be?
1: Can it be both and?
0: I don't know. I'm asking you. I say yes. <laughs> is, all right. All right. This is hashtag me research.
1: <laughs> me search. Me search. <laughs> all right. Okay. So the, the tip is uh, pursued partner. If you're the partner that is getting pursued most often, you can still bristle, but do recognize the fact that it is a marker of affection, of affection, of, of affection. That's mm-hmm. a love language,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if you are the, if you tend to, if you tend to be the pursuer, maybe touch some non erogenous areas every once in a while.
0: Yeah, and if you're the bristler, you know, think about what it feels like to be, um, for the person who, who's pursuing you to always have someone bristle.
1: Yeah. Hey, that's a good. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you think that's like? I get a D. I get rejected. <laughs> I get rejected. I get like six rejections a day of a bristle. (laughs) bad for my ego. I feel like need a
0: lot of feedback on that. (laughs) Anyway, this is our first one back. So we will have more tips next week.
1: Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, Leave comments. I don't know if you can leave comments in the podcast, but you can write me at com, or sorry, at gmail.com. So it's davidcolarossi, phd, at gmail.com. If you have questions or thoughts about how we can do this or do this better, uh, let us know. But we're going to try and put out two or three podcasts each week. And we'll record them when it's convenient for us to record it like uh, via video, and we'll post it on YouTube.
0: All right. Till next time. Love you. Love you.